Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. Today we're in Titus chapter 1. And before we go there, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, thank you for this day and thank you for taking care of us. And thank you for many the many blessings you've bestowed on us. I'm grateful for the way you love me, the way you forgive me, and the way that you keep moving me forward in my life. That as I go through the days and I have my struggles, you're there to keep picking me up and pushing me forward because sometimes, Lord, I want to go backwards. So, Lord, I just pray as we read, I pray that we would hear your voice, that it be you, Holy Spirit, who guides us, that it be you who shares your wisdom and understanding with us so that we can incorporate in our lives and love you more with our whole being and our neighbors as ourselves. I just pray for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So today is one of those days where I wasn't sure what to do, kind of feeling a little bit out of sorts and not prepared. And I'd like to say I prayed a ton about it, but I didn't. I just prayed and then kind of went with whatever happened and what books were brought to me in my thought process and as I did some reading and researching. And so Titus came up. Exactly why, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Titus. I haven't necessarily read it nearly as much as some of the other books in the Bible. And so I, I can't tell you exactly why Titus came up, but in reading it, it's a very short book. It's only three chapters. And there's a lot to it that I find very refreshing. I feel sometimes that while God's word is very clear and, and pure, I also feel at times that I'm, I get confused by it pretty easily. And this first chapter... I'm finding to be very straightforward, and I like that. I appreciate it. It's basically, hey, I, I sent you, Titus, I sent you to Crete for a reason. You were to appoint elders, and here's the traits that you need to watch out for or that you need to look for and the ones to watch out for. And then, by the way, those who are doing bad, you need to rebuke them. <clears throat> those who aren't living to the word of God and aren't doing your will, you need to rebuke them. And there, I read a number of outlines on this book and basically Crete was a very primitive, um, community. It was very rebel. It was very primitive and had a lot of pagan elements to it. So there's just a lot of debauchery there and just things that aren't, you know, aren't really edifying to God. But I found within some of this, in this reading, that there was some things I could look to and point to today as, you know, to look at and say, you know, that's kind of like today. And I want to read just one part from Charles Spurgeon. He was doing a, a sermon in 1872 about Titus 1, chapter, uh, verse 15, which reads, unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure but even their mind and conscience are defiled. So he was writing about this, and what he was pointing out is that people have misused this text. He, uh, he, he writes, this text, or he preached, this text has often been misused, made to mean that 
made to mean what was never in the apostle's mind. He does not mean what a wrong thing. He does not mean that a wrong thing becomes right to a pure-minded man. That is the very opposite of what he does mean. He means that when men's minds are pure, other matters become pure to them. But when their minds are impure, then they use these things for impurity. And I think about this, and I think about today's society and what we're up against. And people are just thinking that, oh, if I think it's this way, then it is. If I think something is evil, that's evil is good, then it must be, then it becomes good. And I really just feel, I believe in looking out at our society today, this is what we're, what, what is happening when we can't define what a woman is and we are trying to then still then promote some thoughts and supposed expertise to our children, um, on things that the Bible just says are wrong. That doesn't, because society is saying it's right, or a few in society are saying it's right, doesn't mean that it is. I think about today, you know, for today in the stock market, in the economy, we reported that there were 339,000 new jobs built and created. Yet the estimate from all of the experts were that only about 190, 190,000 were going to be reported. They're never right. Our experts in the government, our experts in society are never correct. Yet we still give them credit for being experts. And I think we really need to move away from that. And as I read Titus, and we'll jump into it here, I have to think about myself. When I look at what's pure, if do I have a pure mind, where do I stand in that list of the elders and the traits that we should have? So let's go ahead and jump in there and see what the Bible says. Titus 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time, and which now, at this appointed season, he has brought to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God, our Savior. To Titus, my true son in our common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. The reason I left you in Crete was that you may put you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Now, what struck me also through here was, if I compare myself to the world, I'm not quite as bad as a lot of these guys, right? I'm okay. I'm doing all right. 
I'm not doing all that crazy stuff. I'm not being completely a drunkard and a and a vile person. I'm not seeking all sorts of evil sexual perversions. I'm not doing that stuff. But am I hospitable? Probably not. And I can I kind of take this and remember this from our last readings in John or the third epistle of John and the second epistle of John. Am I self-controlled? No, not totally. Actually, that's why I'm not drinking for a month and changing my diet is basically as a fast to get that that self-control back in control or in place. Upright, holy, and disciplined? Hmm. I can say my kids aren't crazy. They aren't running around and doing wild things. But so if I compare myself to the world, I look pretty good depending upon which standard you use. If I compare myself to the Bible, hmm, there's a lot lacking. So it really struck home to me that, you know what, maybe I'm comparing, I'm, I'm viewing myself incorrectly and I'm viewing others incorrectly too. Am I seeing each of us through God's eyes? I don't think I'm doing that at all. So let's continue. Verse 10, for there are many rebellious people full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they are disrupting whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach, and that for the sake of dishonest gain. So there's false teachers out there, and they're pretty much the Jew. You know, they're, they're coming from the Jewish camp. And then their motives aren't very good. They're just looking to make money. So they claim to be teaching the word of God. They claim to be pushing ideas there. But these are actually Jews who are trying to get power and wealth over the believers. One of Crete's own prophets has said it. Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. This saying is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the merely human commands of those who reject the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. So what was being said at the time was, hey, if you're a true believer and you're a believer in Jesus, you can do anything you want, no matter how debaucherous it is. Because you're pure. Jesus makes you pure. Therefore, go out and sodomize. Go out and drink and be drunk all the time. It doesn't matter because you're pure. Because Jesus makes you pure. But Paul is saying that's not the case. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. So it's a pretty harsh rebuke that Paul's providing, but it's a very accurate one because of what was happening. Again, the, the people in Crete, living in Crete, were pr- pretty primitive. They're very much into um, very pagan religions. And so a number of Jews were taking advantage of the believers and making money off of them and gaining power and also misleading them taking them from what Paul had taught and Jesus and God are teaching and are all about 
and saying, hey, you're made pure, therefore you can do anything you want. And I look at today and I think there's a lot of similarities. If, you, if it feels good, do it. Love the one you're with. And then I look at myself and say, are you really that great? Are you living for God? If you define yourself against God's word, if you look in his Bible and you look at him and what he's told us, are you living correctly? Compare yourself against the world. You're doing okay. Compare yourself against the word. Where's your heart? It's not necessarily about my actions. It's about my heart. Is my heart seeking God? Well, that's the challenge and that's the journey is to figure out where I, where I sit and how I get closer to God because my heart does want to move closer to him because I know those other things just don't bring satisfaction. Yet my body, it's kind of like right now today. I'm going through a huge cleanse with a buddy of mine. We're doing 14 days and we're basically, I'm doing the carnivore diet. No, I have zero carbs going on. And you can't drink, you can't drink soda, you can't drink alcohol, you can drink tons of water. And I can have, I'm still having my coffee. Other than that, I mean, that's your diet. So very few carbs and zero drink. And my heart is, dang, I need to do this, I wanna do this. I'm gonna do this. But my body is like, "Uh uh-uh, dude, you need some wine. No, you need like, go grab some bread, go eat some chips. And it's like, oh my goodness. So the heart is one thing and it's the self-control to bring that under your, the physical under control. And that's ultimately what this is about. It's this journey. So anyways, with that, let's go back to God in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for walking beside us and being with us. Thank you for guiding us and speaking very plainly with with us. Telling us, hey, here's, here's here's the type of person. Here's the actions. Here's what they should be all about. And watch out because people are lying and cheating for their gain. So be careful and compare their, their statements against your word. So thank you, Lord. And I just pray and lift up this time. I lift up this day. And I pray again that there, if I'm saying dumb stuff, please don't let people hear it. Remove it from them, from this. And really just let them hear your word, your message. I thank you for loving us. And I just pray that I would learn truly how to love you with my whole being and my neighbor as myself. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.